What was the first thing that came into your head when you heard that reading this morning? For me, it started me thinking about journeys. And the first thing that came into my head was the experience that most parents have at one time or another. It's when you have your children in the car or on the train and they've passed their sell-by date and they ask you for the umpteenth time, are we there yet? And if we do answer them, and of course we don't, we try to put them off with those well-known platitudes. It won't be long now, or we're nearly there, knowing full well that at least a couple of hours more of time that we need to go. But on that sort of journey, we're pretty sure that we'll get there in the end. But with some journeys, reaching the end isn't always a certainty. And then for no reason that I can think of, Strictly Come Dancing popped into my head. And for those who know me well, know that I'm a huge fan of the show. And those that I often have coffee with know that this year my granddaughter Neve worked on it and I had tickets for Blackpool and then I was ill and I couldn't go. And I realised why I'd thought of Strictly. They always talk about the celebrities going on a journey. A journey where they learn something very diff really difficult and completely new. And however well or not so well they do it, Afterwards, the celebrities always tell us that the journey experience was something they'd never forget, and in some cases, something that had changed their lives. Now, isn't that how we feel about our Christian journey? Something difficult and completely new that has changed our lives. An experience we will never forget, especially when we remember where we started and where we are now and not just how far we have come in that time. We know that even when we go through turbulent times, having to cope with new ideas, we can ask God for the strength so that we can continue on the journey. Because if you're anything like me, that journey becomes a big challenge. I know that it can be very hard sometimes to share these challenges, even with our closest friends and family. And sometimes it's hard to share it even in our prayers. But here in our church, with friends that sometimes we've made over many years, I find it easier to be open and to share both good and bad things that are happening around me. And I find that if there's a problem and it's shared and talked over with friends, then I see things much more clearly and help from those around me can make me feel so much better. And I do think we've all been helped by having an amazing Christmas experience once again here at Holy Trinity. And for all of us, I hope it has been an experience to make us feel that we've been there with Jesus, coming into the world to be our saviour and our friend. And you just heard from the, what the story of the wise men it's not over yet, because we're about to meet three men who had an amazing journey, a journey they would never experience again, and a journey that they would never forget. At the beginning of my life, I was an actress, so I suppose it follows that I've always loved poetry. 
I was introduced to T.S. Eliot's poetry at drama school. And again, when I was thinking of journeys, I remembered the journey of the Magi and how much its take on the story had meant to me over the years. So I thought, why not have a look at it again? Because I might get some inspiration. So I got out my copy, and I'm so glad I did, because Eliot's take on the Magi, the wise men, the three kings, whatever you want to call them, seemed to say so much to me, as much to me today as it did the first time that I read it over 60 years ago. So for a little while, let's go on a journey with the Magi, but alongside, let's think about our Christian journey and how that journey got us here, sitting in Holy Trinity this morning. So with T.S. Eliot, we start in the winter, and we start with the journey. A cold coming we had of it, just the worst time of the year for a journey, and such a long journey. The ways deep and the weather sharp, the very dead of winter. I wonder if, like me, when you read St. Matthew's account of the wise men coming to visit the baby Jesus, you probably didn't think in detail about how they got to Bethlehem, only what happened when they arrived. So when Eliot in this poem says how difficult the journey must have been, how they must have crossed many different countries all the time, avoiding robbers and bandits, and how cold and tiring sitting for days on camels must have been. Riding a camel, even for a few minutes, is not the most comfortable way to travel, I can tell you. I've done it. In our Christian journeys, all of us have come here to Holy Trinity from very different circumstances and very different places. Some of us may have had quite a comfortable time getting here, with not too many problems on the way. Others of us have had a very hard time getting to where we are now and are understandably proud of achieving very small goals. But whoever we are and wherever we've come from, we are all here this morning and we are all part of this community. I think from the description of, in the Bible and from Eliot's poem, we realize that these men had led a luxurious life until now, living in palaces and advising rich men about their stars. They're not used to roughing it on the road. They've had to stop in unfriendly villages where people have been only too ready to take these rich strangers for everything that they can get. And in the poem, things get so bad for them that in the end, they traveled by night, which must have been much colder and much more uncomfortable even though it was safer. And then I thought, had another thought. How on earth did they manage to meet up with each other, these three scholars from different countries? They must have known about each other, where they'd met. Had they met before? And they obviously had heard the prophecy about the star. But if that was all there was, if that was all that they had in common, it must have taken a lot of toing and froing with servants, with messages so that they could decide where they were going to meet before they started on this tortuous journey. 
And that made me think that our journey to where we are now must have had some tight spots sometimes. Perhaps work situation has put us in a really difficult position. Perhaps family situations have sometimes taken us to the limit. But through all the hard times, even when these things have been unbearable, we have been able to depend on the love of Jesus in our lives. And that has been our star in the East. Of course, the Magi all saw the star when it finally appeared. But when they decided to follow it, they must have worried about where they were heading and they, had they done the right thing. What a relief it must have been when they arrived in the capital city, Jerusalem. Civilization at last. And surely this must be the place where this important king had been born. They knew that they were near their goal. <clears throat> so they left their servants and the camels, perhaps at an inn, and went into the city. And somehow, the dangers that had surrounded them on their journey seemed to have followed them into Jerusalem with a vengeance. But the thing that must have surprised them most was that no one in Jerusalem appeared to know or understand what they were talking about. And apparently, no one had heard about this great event that had taken place, and certainly no one knew about a king being born. However, I think it seems quite strange at this point in the story that such wise and learned men seem to have been rather naive. They didn't seem to understand how dangerous their questions were as they walked the streets of Jerusalem trying to find out from all and sundry where the baby was that baby that their prophecy had told them would be king of the Jews. When we started our Christian journey and either heard about Jesus somewhere like Alpha or read about his life in the Bible for the first time, we were pretty sure that we weren't in danger. But we know that there are still places in the world where even to have a Bible is dangerous and to be caught reading it is life-threatening. And yet people are prepared to go into danger zone to start their journey of faith. And our magi are certainly in a dangerous place because we know that what was likely to happen with a man like Herod as king, an evil man who was always worried about usurpers to his throne, and for a man like that to hear mention of another king was risky to say the least. His spies were everywhere, so of course it wasn't long before he heard about these rich foreign strangers who were asking about another king of the Jews. And to say he was very disturbed was an understatement. Of course, all these rumors had an effect on his cronies too. They knew their jobs depended on Herod remaining in power for as long as possible, and they'd take any risk to keep him there. But although arrival puts Herod in a spin, he manages to pull himself together and he calls up his mates, the chief priests, scribes and the Pharisees to his palace and he picks their brains to find out just what this rumor is all about. And once again, he finds that the news is not great. What they tell him is not what he wants to hear. 
Apparently, the prophets have written about a king of the Jews, and he will be born in Bethlehem, and he will be the one to care for the people of Israel, and this is the worst possible news. But so Herod realizes something will have to be done, and cunning as ever, he makes a devious plan. He decides to let the Magi find out exactly where Jesus is, so that when they come back, they can tell him, and then he can strike and get rid of this child before any harm is done. So he invites the Magi to his palace, where he is at his charming best. And after he's wined and dined them, he persuades them that the best thing for them to do is to go to Bethlehem and to find out what's really going on. All the time, we meet people who want to send us on the wrong road and ruin our Christian journey. People who whisper in our ear that things are so much better without the church. And there are things to do that are much better than going to church each Sunday. Why not just lie in bed and read the papers like everyone else? So we need to keep praying because we realize how mighty God is. And when we remember that, we get back on the right track. But we know that Herod has made a big mistake because he's forgotten just how mighty God is and that if he sent his son into the world, it's for a very good reason to do a very difficult job for him. And Jesus dying as a baby is not part of his great plan. Jesus' birth will be political dynamite because he will change the world in a way that it has never been changed before or since. And so a nobody like Herod will not be allowed to get in the way. This is one of the great moments when God is showing us that his son is superior to everyone and everything that anyone has ever known. And the fact that these great men from foreign lands have come all this way to kneel before him is because they know just who Jesus is and how the birth and death of this man will be a game changer for the whole world. Just listen to this quote from the end of Eliot's poem. Were we led all this way for birth or death? There was a birth, certainly. We had evidence, no doubt. I have seen birth and death but thought that they were different. This birth was hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death. Now you may think that T.S. Eliot, what T.S. Eliot is saying here is very hard to understand, but isn't Jesus' birth and death very hard for us to understand anyway? We read in the Gospels that Jesus died on the cross just so that we can be forgiven and live a new life. And that is always a puzzle. Even the disciples who knew him were always misunderstanding him when he talked about his death. And they didn't really catch on until everything was made clear with the resurrection. When those wise men saw Jesus in the stable at Bethlehem, they knew that they were witnessing something very special and they were glad to be able to bow down and worship Jesus in person. 
and to be able to give him their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh must have been amazing. They were actually able to tell Mary, his mother, just how they felt about meeting Jesus the King. And when they went back to their own lands, Eliot's poem says, they were no longer at ease. In other words, they could no longer go back to the old way of life. Meeting Jesus had changed them. I think all of us find changes hard. And although for some of us the changes can be great, it can mean that others can feel left out. But when we think about it for a moment, didn't our world change when we let Jesus into our lives for the first time? Some of the changes we needed to make then were disorientating. And for some of us, adjustments had to be made and we had to rethink everything that we had done before. So, as we approach the new year, like the Magi, perhaps we need to think about whether we need to change. Maybe we need to try and find a different route to travel, a better route, so that we can find new ways to change our lives. And maybe we need to find new ways of doing things, and that can be very hard, because we really do like doing things the way they've always been done. But when you look at the disciples and the way that they left their regular work and followed Jesus, they took a huge risk, and it paid off. So as we leave here this morning, we need to listen really carefully to what God is telling us because it's the only way we can find out where our path is going. And if we're at a crossroads, it's even more important that we make the right decision because then we'll be able to continue our journey of faith in whatever direction God has chosen for us. Let us pray. Father God, this morning we need to think long and hard about the way you want us to go, the journey you want us to take. Help us as we try to make our decision and as we ask Jesus to continue to be our guide along the way, let's walk with him until we reach the place where he reigns, a place of perfect peace. Amen.